Hi, I'm David Clark, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Gordon Thank you for joining us for what is our very special 100th episode of the show. What I really like about that theme song is the end of it with the clapping. It's very much, uh, I and probably you guys won't remember this, but Murphy's Mob. Does anyone remember Murphy's Mob from back in the day? No, you're really old to be fair. That is true. There. Just putting it out there. Gordon and I are young pups. I mean, it, it was shown from 1983 to 1986. I mean, I wasn't even born, so it's never been repeated. <laughs> you like... guys not familiar with the show? Never even heard that. No. Oh, well, if you check out aftn.co.uk, we have a whole Murphy's Mob section, including an interview with Wurzel. One of the young kids that was on the show. Anyway, the the guy that did, you'll know a Vidazine pet. Yes. Right. So the guy that played Wayne, Gary Holton, the kind of young punky guy that died of a drug overdose. Keeping I mean, light, I remember light. the show, but I didn't watch it. This is a very depressing way to start. Yeah. Particularly yeah. live on YouTube. Giving it light off the off the bat, but anyway, he did the theme song for Murphy's Mob. Perfect. I'm really glad to know that, and I'm sure um, I'll definitely sleep better tonight for it as well. Yeah. But anyway, that that just brings me, of course, to the the sad reasons that there's only three of us, because unfortunately, Mister Douglas Perry is not able to join us. Um, he's not he's dead. On, he's on the other side. <laughs> <He's not dead. laughs> of the world. Not this again. <laughs> Well, we've already brought you back. It's like we've had Banco's ghost, we've had Gordon's ghost. Hope you enjoyed the little Gordon's Alive bit that I put in at the start of the last episode. <laughs> yes, he's not dead. There's somebody else. So. Yes. He's still, he's well, still with us. He, he is still with us. But yeah, so sadly Doug couldn't be with us for what is our special 100th episode of this show. But because we're going to be doing this live on YouTube and we're also going to be releasing it as a podcast, we kind of have to do a couple of little bits that will then get sorted out by me in the edit. But one of those things is to hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. So let's hear from them just now. 
East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thanks, as always, to our sponsors, East Fife Community Football Club and Mays Mortgages. They've been very good in supporting us all season long. They support East Fife. Go and support them as well. So we can finally get into our 100th episode. Lee, just to, to start off, what does it mean to you to be having this 100th episode? It's completely mental, isn't it? Um, if you think back to... The fact that we started this out of lockdown in, in 2020 because we were a little bit bored. Um, and then, you know, two and a half, nearly three years later, we've got a good following. Um, we're around 250 people tune in to listen to us about nonsense most weeks, um, which is which is pretty good. And obviously we started with the, the player interviews and then evolved into the after show chat, which, let's be honest, since we started doing this has been absolutely terrible because we've not had an awful lot to shout about. So whether we're the catalyst for that change, who knows? However, to make it to 100 episodes is is absolutely amazing. And obviously probably got to take the, the opportunity to, to thank everybody that that tunes in every week and, and makes it worthwhile doing what we do. Yeah, um, I mean, Gordon, you went with us right from the start, but as soon as we wanted to add in the, the kind of post-game stuff, you were one of the guys that we were keen to get involved. How much have you enjoyed doing these these shows over the, the last little bit? I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, like you say, obviously you guys kind of started it up and, um, you know, like everyone else was kind of listening to the, the player interviews for the first uh, first bit of the podcast really enjoyed that and then you know when you invited people on to kind of chat about the football and stuff I kind of thought that would be a really good really nice thing to do and I suppose since I've been more regular on it I mean I don't know what it's like for you guys but for me you know I just kind of look forward to coming on and having a chat about East Fife, Scottish football and stuff I don't almost don't really think of it as something that's kind of going out for me it's like you know the mm. coming on and enjoying the chat and stuff like that is is is, is just fun so you know that's mm. uh that's been a, yeah. a different thing for me but i've really enjoyed it definitely the most follically challenged podcast and probably podcast in history as well to be fair um, yeah. i don't think that we're going to be winning any beauty awards either so for well, that, that is why we do a podcast yeah. yeah we have face for the radio so that's is why we're not doing many of these live shows but it's a momentous occasion and for anyone that has just tuned in, whether live or whether you listen to this later in the podcast, it's not just going to be us chatting. We've got a couple of special guests coming along. We're going to be joined by Dr. Goals, Kenny Duker. He's going to be joining us. And then Eugene Clark is going to come along to talk about the latest bid to, to make East Fife a community-owned club. So they will be joining us as well for this special episode. And like for me, 
like when we started doing this lee i i my original plan was just do it for a little bit then hand over the reins to you guys but i enjoy it can't make all the shows but it's great just chatting to you having gordon and doug on as well has been fantastic i think like gordon you and doug it's it's different voices we've we're all different ages as well we've followed the club for a long time it's, it's a nice little group that we we've got together here and people seem to really enjoy us doing the show as well yeah i mean it's, it's what makes it worthwhile i mean going to games and stuff now like people always come up and chat to you and tell you what they've liked about the show sometimes they tell you what they don't like about the show or, or if they've had an opinion that they've disagreed with and stuff and i think that that's that's great that that's what what doing it's about and obviously football's a completely subjective sport and, and people will always look and, and see things differently and it's it's always good to yeah just chat away to people i've, I've really enjoyed it i have really enjoyed it and i think that, that what we've done in, in terms of like obviously to begin with as well like we, we raised quite a lot of money for the club and we raised money um, obviously after the the Clyde fiasco, so we've managed to invest some money into the club as well. And even when we were getting our sponsorship stuff um, and people sponsoring shows like on a sort of weekly basis, aside uh, our costs, we always put that money straight into the club as well. So I, I, I'd like to think, and, and maybe some people will disagree, but I'd like to think that um, we've done a lot for the club as well. Yeah, I, I think so as well. So I, I've... I was busy last night. I was on a few websites getting some research, uh, I believe it's called, uh, for the show. But I, you've, you've heard everyone's talking about chat GPT at the moment. Mm. Well, yeah. yeah, Gordon's with me. Lee just looks absolutely puzzled. Chat, GP, chat GPT. Oh, right, no. It's no, artificial no. intelligence. So basically... Right. You could go into that and say, write me an article about Lee Gillis from Glenrothes. Oh, fuck's sake. Right, okay. I haven't I haven't done that. No, thank God. <laughs> I don't want the police arriving halfway through the show and we're like taking you away here. But like you can basically do anything. You can write radio shows, scripts, screenplays. It's actually quite scary. Um, the last leg on Friday, I don't know if any of you guys watched that. But they used ChatGPT to to write a joke for the show in the first part, and you had to try and work out which one of the jokes it was that it had written. Um, and as it turned out, the joke that they had written was a joke that nobody had actually understood. And apparently, when they were putting the show together, the producers were like, "I I don't understand that joke," but it was because the computer did it. So what I've done for the show, and I've got three of these, is first of all. To honour our special occasion, Lee, I've asked ChatGPT to write a love poem about the 100th episode of Glory Days of Gold. This should be beautiful and perfect timing for Valentine's Day as well. Yeah. Um, it is actually quite spectacular. And just to reiterate, none of this is written by me. This is all written by an artificial intelligence computer just by typing in write a poem for 100th episode of Glory Days of Gold. So here's the poem. Here's to the 100th episode of Glory Days of Gold, a podcast that brings back memories, both old and bold. With stories of triumphs and tales of the past, it takes us on a journey that's truly unsurpassed. From the highs of victory to the lows of defeat, Glory Days of Gold podcast can't be beat. 
With every episode, it shines a light on moments of greatness that took flight. With every story, it relieves the passion, relives the passion, the excitement, the drama that was in fashion. From the roar of the crowd to the thrill of the game, it's all captured in the glory days of gold name. So here's to the hundredth episode, a milestone so grand, a celebration of sports and all that we've planned. May Glory Days of Gold podcast continue to soar and bring joy to our hearts forevermore. Touch in. <laughs> that was impressive though, actually, isn't it? I know, because uh, I did that one and I was like, fucking hell, this is good. So I got a little bit carried away last night. So I've got three for this show, a couple from a, a show over here about the white caps. <laughs> it's I'm going to be playing about with this. I don't think we need us to host a show anymore. No, we just, I think we just sack off. Yeah, type this in, transfer it to speech, stick that out, done and dusted. Jobs are good in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll be joined, obviously, in, in 10 minutes by Dr. Goals himself, obviously a, a man that, that needs no real introduction to, to Scottish football fans, but I don't know how many watchers or listeners or whatever you want to call them we've got just now, but please send just your questions check in. That. Yep. Please send your questions in um, for, for Kenny. Um, I don't know if you could put them in the chat, Michael, or if it's a better case of tweeting or Facebook messages. Yeah, like so I would say, like, if, if you're watching on the chat, um, or if you're watching the YouTube stream, put it in the chat. I will be regularly checking it. We'll go through some of the messages that we, we've got just now of people watching. You can also get in touch, though, on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. I'll be checking that throughout the show as well. I mean, we've already got some messages. Said Extra News says, Evening, lads. John T, 1903. I know who you are, John T. Wants to know why I have a teddy bear suit on, <laughs> minus the head. I was wondering that. Can you flipping little bear? <laughs> Just wait for the... <laughs> That is absolutely brilliant. And no, we don't want to see what he used to do in that scene either. Do you want to see what's underneath? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I, I have I have clothes on. Um, reason I've got this on is because I'm in Canada and it's fucking cold. Because <laughs> I'm upstairs in my spare room. Just so that this is probably going to be a two-hour show. I did not want my wife to be stuck in the bedroom like she usually is when we're, we're doing these. And I'm just doing the show and all I hear is like... Mm. I'm like, what are you doing? So I'm just making a coffee, just making a coffee. <laughs> but um, no, this, this was... Derek's on... new, um, that's in the chat as well, is Jude Smith's dad, so hi to him. And um, ah. obviously great to see how well Jude's doing down south, captain of the under-21s. So absolutely fair play to her, Jude. Yeah, I, I'd tried to see if the Whitecats wanted to bring him over here because we were needing a goalie. But I think he probably gets paid a bit more with all the Saudi oil dollars. Yes. But no, he is doing fantastic. It, it's yeah. absolutely tremendous. Paul Galloway says I look like Fozzie Bear. Fozzie <laughs> Bear! <laughs> and yeah, John T. did say Keith Lemon, little bear. Yeah. Ben Crichton, Mon the Fife. And Stephen Robertson, who's cutting onions? I know. That's the poem. Clearly, clearly got to him. Well, I've got a poem for Kenny Duker when he comes on as well. Excellent. And just a general love poem to East Fife Football Club that we'll do at the end. 
So while we're waiting for Kenny to join us, he's going to join us at 8.30. Um, and I, I would highly recommend everyone tell your friends that Kenny Duker is coming on. It is the only way that you're going to get to speak to a doctor these days. And you're going to have him for half an hour to an hour. Get all your your ailments out there. I mean, Paul Galloway is bound to have tons he wants to ask about. Can finally get that little rash looked at that he's had for a, a, a long time. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely could advocate for Kenny's doctor skills. Yeah, see that? Yeah, yeah, because well, only because what he told us about when he, he had to act on the pitch when he was playing over in the states. That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to bring the tone down again, one of the local because I follow the local leads here. One of the guys collapsed two weekends ago and his heart stopped twice. He's okay, but it's just like. Oh, scary stuff and the guy that owns the team is a doctor but he ha he wasn't at that game so the, the opposition coach had to give CPR in the pitch and stuff seems to be a lot of that happening in football these days yeah it's a it's pretty scary stuff but I mean we, we will be joined by Kenny at half past and then we'll we'll take questions for Kenny maybe for half an hour then we'll chat a little bit about the the game yesterday and then well, we've got Eugene talking about the, the meeting. The You went along to that on Thursday. Did you go, Gordon, to the meeting? No, I missed that. I got a wee update. My dad went along and kind of gave me the gist of it, but I wasn't Yeah, there. He sat across from me, your dad, actually, um, and arrived at Albion Overs eating an apple yesterday. Just That's to wind you up. He knows yeah, that. He's trying to mug me off now, isn't he? He's trying to mug me off now. Uh, see, that's fantastic. That's one of the tropes for the 100th show as well. So. But yeah, if you've got any questions, if you want to know anything, if you want to share your thoughts on East Fife just now, get them in on the chat on Facebook or on to Twitter. Yeah. Stephen well, Robinson wants to know if the, the Saudis might fancy buying a wee club from Methyl. The only shakes I know are the ones I get from McDonald's, so I don't think I could help out with that one. Um, well, but, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Rachel's milkshake, I heard, brings all the boys to the yard. I could categorically deny that. Ah. Categorically deny that. But, yeah. Doug's, yeah, but, like, Doug's milkshake does, but it's just sadly Scott Young. Yeah, exactly. Twerking in his garden. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get all the old classics out over the course of this show. Yeah. Because people aren't used to seeing us in our natural habitat, because I'm a bear in the wild, Canadian grizzly bear. I thought, I'll wear this. It won't look so orange on the stream. <laughs> that was maybe a bad one. I've got three of these because my wife bought me one for Christmas and I was like, this is one of the warmest things I've ever owned. And it's really nice to rub yourself in. I didn't realise that you got furry gimp suits. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to go get my gimp mask? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Mind <laughs> a little bit. We'll get, we'll get cancelled. It's only a second <laughs> live show. We're going to get cancelled. I think I'm I might get... I might get cancelled over here for the song that I've picked for um, my wavelength section this week. It's Cunting the Gang with Female Referee, but not the sexist version. I, I went for the unsexist version. So. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that you chose the, the unsexist version. Um, but yeah, I mean... I can play surely... just now if you want to hear a little bit of already. No, absolutely not. Have you um, managed to get the link out in the socials for, for questions, etc.? Um, I've put out that we're live. I haven't put the link out for questions. It's kind of hard to talk and type at the same time. So why don't you talk a little bit about anything you want? Me? Just anything in general? 
Well, I actually think it was excellent that the club managed to stump up a win for us for our 100th episode. Obviously, none of you guys were there. Your dad was there, though, Gordon, and we went along yesterday and I actually thought we played pretty well. Probably our best defensive um, our best defensive game of the season so far, certainly. But, I mean, I could stop banging on about one, you know, one win in 11 and now it's two wins in 12, but if you want to try and look at it more positively, Gordon, it's four points from six. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I look, I saw the highlights and I got a wee kind of summary from my dad at the game and it sounds like we played pretty well. Um, Something my dad mentioned as well, we looked really solid defensively and it's from the highlights, looked like we created quite a few good chances um, and played some good football. Uh, I know Albion Rovers maybe had a couple of chances start the second half, but um, a couple of balls across the box that were a wee bit yeah. but um, it looked like we kind of dominated certainly in terms of chances created um, so it looked like a good performance and yeah that's kind of two good performances in a row so you know I feel like that's makes a big difference and uh, three points big well g- given this is a, a Scottish football podcast as well I kind of feel like I should be Jim White here from a little tie and stuff on but Partick have just sacked Ian McCall. For not being Rangers. Bit harsh. Yeah. That's, that is harsh. <laughs> what was the score? I, I literally got up just over an hour before the show started, so I haven't seen anything. What was the score? It was 3-2 the last time I checked. Oh, wow. Yeah, one up at half-time, though. That does seem particularly harsh. There's got to be a little bit more to it than that. I mean, they're, spend, they're spending some pretty big money. Um, they're not doing too well really are they they're kinda, they were expecting top four I think this year yeah it's a bit mental but yeah um, Ian McCall Alan Archibald and Neil Scally off their du- um, they've relieved them off their duties with immediate effect that's, that's insane to be honest um, but I think obviously they had that millionaire leading them loads of money and obviously massively underachieved but if it means that the new manager comes in happens to hate Anton Dowd's and wants to sh- ship him on loan to, to East Fife, then I would be absolutely delighted with that. And we'll definitely take that. Um, but hopefully our, our quest for a striker is still well on because yesterday we took probably our only real out-and-out chance. It was a great finish from Shivoni. I know we'll talk about this a, a little bit more. But if any of the, the people watching were at the game yesterday, please put your thoughts in the game in the chat yesterday or, or any discussion points that you want to go through, but I thought it was a, a hard-fought victory. I mean, probably Aaron Steele was one of the names that really stood out to me yesterday because he had to mark Riley, who's been banging form for, for Albion Rovers, you know, all season, and they didn't really get a look in yesterday. There's a couple of times that he beat Aaron, but, I mean, that's to be expected, really, um, when you've got a player of that quality in their team. I was, I was really surprised that he didn't leave in the in the transfer window. I really thought he'd gone, but probably the only other thing that ruined my day yesterday was that 91st minute Bonnie Rig winner, just when we thought we were going to put a bit of distance between us and them. You know, you that's, miss out. That's the thing, though. Like it's that. like, it's a good job we got that win yesterday because that would have piled real pressure on. I think we'd have gone to third bottom if we had, if we'd lost yesterday. Yeah. I think the thing to bear in mind, though, is that the people below us um, are going to have a little bit of catching up to do as well because they've got some games in hand and things like that as well, don't they? 
So we, we could end up still sl- slightly down the table. But Greg, I mean, I, I always forget, but actually um, we're, we're only three points off third. Granted, I think some players, have, uh, some yeah. of the teams of us have got um, more games in hand and stuff. But um, it's, it's still nuts to think that given how poor we've been for, for large parts of this season, that we are only you know, three points off of the playoff places. So we've just got a message from Kenny in the chat because um, we, we sent in the link. So we let Kenny know as soon as he joins, he's going to be live in the show. So I wanted to make sure that he did have clothes on. We didn't want any more unfortunate penis on air incidents after that time with Lee. Yeah. But, so he's, he's going to be with us shortly. He's just putting some clothes on, he says. So, yeah, stay tuned. Kenny will be joining us soon. Since we're talking about teams in our, in our league and stuff, I want to just give a big shout out to Elgin City for yesterday what a performance yeah. they really should have come away with that win against air they're going to be kicking themselves yeah but elgin one of those teams i'm quite happy to see lose um so i mean it was, it was funny because when we were at the game yesterday isla said to me she was like oh um elgin are beating air and i was like that'll be kane hester then and lo and behold it was 26 goals so far this year insane Loving the shout from Stephen Robertson in the chat. Pat Slattery over Casemiro. Absolutely, Stephen. Um, and speaking of which, um, hi to Ross Hutchinson. just put a, a, a message in the chat. Any interviews lined up? Lee said the other week they had interviews lined up. Um, they had interviews in his top five. I'd like to hear from Willie McKillop and Gordon Gilbert. Could probably speak to Kenny to get Gordon mm. Gilbert in, but well, I suppose now's a good time than any to announce our next interview and very topical because... We only felt that it was right to, to bring in somebody that's a, a massive East Fife legend in for the next interview. And we recorded it this week and delighted to announce that Pat Slattery is our next interview. Um, and that should hopefully be out not next week or this week coming, but the week after. Okay. I'll get it all ready. And talking of legends, it's time to add in Kenny Duker. Here he is, the man himself. Hopefully, he has some clothes on. For some reason, his name is spelt with two N's and two Y's. It's Kenny Duker. He's just typed it as if it was how Caroline was announcing it. <laughs> it's the, the anticipation is like, is he going to be dressed as a bear? Is he going to be dressed as a, some other animal? It is. Hopefully more sober than the last time he was on the show. Uh, Well, I haven't managed to spell my name right. No. (laughs) (laughs) Your your degree was in medicine, Kenny, not in English, yeah? I know. I I, I actually just changed it because it's normally Sylvie uh, uses this, so I had obviously forgot to delete her why. (laughs) Don't know why. How are we doing, sir? Not bad, not bad. Looking forward to the Super Bowl uh, later. So Wow, you, your time in America has really rubbed off on you. Yeah, I love it, love it. I would have, that... but I'm a 49ers fan and they got beat, so I don't care anymore. Aye, but they've struggled with their quarterback, so... I, uh, I know, like when you're down to your fifth string quarterback in yeah. a conference final, you're, you're kind of in a little bit of trouble. Aye, Absolutely. Well, Le- no, I, I'll, switched off already. I have. I, I, 
It's greatly you, you need to get into it. All the stats are amazing. Yeah, so we're, we're going to have a lot of questions from Real Salt Lake fans. I'll put this out to them. So I've turned this oh, into the really? I've turned this into an MLS show, Lee. Oh. <laughs> oh, you've been trying to do that since the first episode, Michael. Over here in Canada, we do this. Well, I'm speaking yeah. to Ryan Gold this week, but it's okay. I think the oh. first question for them might be why why were you so bad? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, there's a few East Fife fans saying that in the chat as well. <laughs> well. Obviously, great to have you join the um, on us on our 100th episode, Kenny. We felt it was fitting to have somebody that was an absolute legend at the club to join. Um, but unfortunately, a few other people couldn't make it, so we thought we'd ask you. How does it feel to, to be back chatting about East Fife? I mean, you were one of the, the early ep- episodes of our show. so I... I mean, it's always a privilege to be asked to come back and, well, speak to people that, that like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is definitely that. So while, while we're waiting for some questions for fans, um, there's one thing that I was asked to bring up to you yesterday. Um, they've not managed to put it in the chat yet. So if she's not watching, it's from Isla English. And Isla said, my dad arranged to send a birthday card to Kenny in advance that had a return stamp on it and all he had to do was to write her a wee message wish her happy birthday stick it back in the post box and she would get it for her 18th birthday lo and behold about two years later or something ridiculous like that Isla gets a a letter through our post box and it's a birthday card from Kenny Duker saying, was tidying my study uh, due to the arrival of number three <laughs> child. And fair play to Kenny. He still filled it in with a printed off picture of him and current manager Greg McDonald celebrating a goal and a nice message to wish her happy birthday and asking about the family. So I've got to give you your kudos there, Kenny. But I suppose is that, that is the definition of better late than never, right? Related. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. that I, I was, but see, when you were telling that story, I was thinking, "Oh my god, I never, I never replied. Did I, did I no reply? <laughs> At least I managed, albeit <laughs> two years too late." It, it must oh, be man. so difficult with the amount of fan mail that you get, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It was at the bottom of the pile, and I I just, it took me two years to. Work my way through all my all my <laughs> fan mail. So oh man, that's well, embarrassing. Here's Isla in the chat. The card arrived on the sixth of February, twenty sixteen. <laughs> I turned eighteen on the fourteenth of December, two thousand and eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love that. By the way, so how, so how many years late was it? It was five years, five years and two oh. months later. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You should be ashamed of yourself. You wrote a message and it's I'm saying, ashamed. have a good couple of years. I think the, the 2020s will be a fantastic time. Go travel and see the world. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Brilliant. Is that what I wrote? I have no <laughs> idea. Isla, if you want to put in the chat, what, what, uh, Isla said pigeon post and Denny. <laughs> <laughs> Isla, if you want to share with us what Kenny actually wrote I don't, in the chat, I don't even can't remember. Pigeon. Pigeons, do they live that long? <laughs> I don't know. More like snail post, I think. <laughs> um, we did get another message in oh, advance no. of you coming on. Um, oh, is this, this one, one is this one less embarrassing? 
This one is actually a nice message. It kind of pains me to say it, though. It's from current manager Greg McDonald, um, who reached out and he said, tell Dukes I was asking for a terrific player and even better guy. Oh, thanks so, very much. He also said, P.S., can you come and play up front for us for the rest of the season? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, already, I'm already signed with Donny Pace over 35s, I'm afraid. Is, is that because you're done a pace? <laughs> I, I, I never had any pace. Didn't matter when you It wasn't there to be lost. Yeah. There's a message in the chat from a, a Chris Gillis who is hoping that Kenny will give Lee a lot of stick in the show. My dad still listens to Kenny's episode. He still he goes back and listens to all the older episodes when he walks the dog. And <laughs> Ken, for those of you that don't know, Kenny was firing into the whiskey in that episode. And as the, the chat went on, the more whiskey was consumed and the more pelters I got from Kenny throughout the show. So I think my dad still has a bit of a chuckle at that. And again, I undersold the amount of goals that Kenny sold from her, uh, scored for us and I said in it, Mike can you edit that part out and I'll give Kenny the correct number of goals to which Kenny said, no Lee, your listeners need to know that you're underprepared and you don't know your facts so don't edit it out um, <laughs> and, which makes my dad laugh every single time and um, we do have something else in the chat from Stephen Robertson, he said if I'm ever feeling down I'll always go back and watch Kenny's promotion Clincher versus Queen's Park goosebumps every time so for our listeners who maybe haven't um, listened to your episode and if you haven't please make sure you go and listen to it because it was a very good one you told us about in that episode that it was something that you used to play regularly to to get you up for a game if you were maybe struggling to get yourself in the right mindset I, I, I try to get my kids to watch it as well but they, they, they don't they don't get it they don't get it Um no, that was always the, we used a bit of um, hypnosis with my dad in the lead up to that um, to that game. So like the last couple, so we had lost the fourth last game of the season and the third last game of the season against uh, Morton and uh, Peterhead. But we knew that if we won the last two, that we, we were guaranteed uh, promotion, even although we were sitting in third place because we knew that Peterhead and Morton had to play each other on the last day. And if we won the two two games, we would at least finish above uh, one of them. And uh, I used one of the one of the things was um to use a bit of image, imagery of like when uh, when did you feel like you were the best, like that you um, had succeeded at something and the, the, the feeling of that. Now, obviously, before that game, I didn't have that one, but after that game, my thing changed for the previous thing, which was a goal I scored when I was like 11, <laughs> a last-minute winner when I was 11. And uh, obviously, after that, I still used that uh, sort of positive thinking and uh, hypnosis type stuff before games and the the moment that I would feel before a game and to make me feel as if I was going to succeed uh, was that uh, was that goal and the celebration afterwards and that like uh, elation 
uh, took that onto the park every every game after that. I think for me, I mean, I, and like Stephen, I still watch that all the time, regularly, because I still don't think even now I've ever experienced anything like that. Like, so my, my father-in-law, he'll regularly say, so my brother-in-law isn't interested in football at all. And he always says, how does he get his high? Like, because he's not much of a drinker, and, well, I don't think he does drugs, but like, if, if you're not interested in any sport, like, for example, like football, when you experience that absolute buzz of something like that, 90, 90th minute winner to get promotion, first time in years, it, it's almost impossible to, to replicate that. Was there anything else in your career that, that came close to getting that level elation? Hey, no. <laughs> um, it, it, it didn't really get any better than that. I, um, I was just lucky enough to be the person on the on the end of that. Uh, and I'm lucky that everybody associates that moment with, with me. It's, uh, it's an absolute privilege. Um, I, I, I've had, I had a game with my kids' team yesterday and uh, we were 2-0 up, lost uh, at half-time. We lost uh, a couple of goals in the second half. In fact, we conceded with three minutes to go for the equaliser. And we basically scored an injury time winner. And that wee boy scored the winner. And that brought that feeling back again to that uh, wee side. Well, it happened twice that season, wee Fife. Obviously, the, the uh, promotion clincher was... Uh, was obviously the highlight, but there was another one down at Gretna where we won uh, 3-2. So I was lucky enough to get that last-minute winner feeling uh, twice that season. But I can't think of uh, any other times where it's been like that. And I was trying to explain to the the kids um, yesterday that there's no a lot of times in their life even that they'll experience that and the wee boy that scored the goal and, you know, making a big deal of that because you you can't replicate, as you say, you, you cannot replicate that uh, that feeling. It's, it's, it's something that the stars have got to align and you're lucky enough to be that person that uh, gets that goal and that there's, there's, there'll be a lot of players that play for years and years and years and never are they lucky enough uh, to experience anything like that, and with with the East Fife one, it, it was like the last the last minute of the the, the season, not just like the game. Uh, and and what was it? What was at stake at the time uh, for everybody that was you know involved, uh, teammates, family, fans, everybody. It, it's it, it is one of my most uh, treasured memories. I mean, you were with. Recently, I think maybe a couple of months ago, with Ross Graham and and Gordon Gilbert out in South Africa, was that one of the topics of conversation? Your time at East Five. Uh, uh, well, uh, that's why uh, that's why we are friends and uh, lucky enough to have made such good friends for my time at the club. Be- because I, I I think I can count on one hand the the really good friends that I've still got and still, well, still keep in touch with uh, for, for football, like not just East Fife, but for, for football. 
And uh, Gilly obviously lives over in uh, South Africa, but we really bonded, obviously, with everything that we went through that uh, that season. And the conversation obviously goes back to that. But we've created other memories over the over the years as well. But you know, it all comes back to you know that season that we that we all kind of shared together. Um, what's what's Gilbert doing now? Um, he is a um, he has a big factory that he runs or uh, owns his own business, and they make um, mining equipment for the the gold and platinum mines uh, over in Africa. I think mostly in like Botswana and uh, maybe Zimbabwe as, as well. Not so much the mines in. South Africa, but he has a uh, factory and things are, are uh, is in South Africa. Um, and it's an incredible operation. It's it was like ah, uh, it was amazing to see what he's what he's doing. I went to his factory and um, I didn't realise what kind of scale it it, it was on, and uh, it was brilliant to to see and to kind of. See what he was. See what he was really up to. Um, and the, I mean, they're high grade machines. That like top notch uh, stuff that he that he makes. So, uh, I, I really really proud to you know see see all that. What I'm hearing, Lee, is Gordon Gilbert, the man for us to get in touch with to buy the club. If he's in <laughs> gold and platinum, he's got to be minted. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would definitely say that Kenny, if you can make that introduction, we'll, we'll have the chat. Well, and I mean, at least, and if not, um, I look after the, the commercial side for the club just now. So we please get a couple of advertising boards or something. I, I, I should have worn my, I should have worn his uh, branded hat there for the. Oh, I wouldn't get it on over my headphones. We, we've had folk wanting us to chat to him. So if you do speak to him, just mention that we'd love to have him on the show and like to do an interview about his career and like his post-playing career as well. It would be fantastic. I am sure he would be well up for that. He's got his, he's got his East Fife uh, strips and that uh, along with his like, Kaiser Chiefs and Morocco oh, Swallows great, great and uh, stuff. <laughs> uh, he's got all that up in his, uh, in his gym. Uh, and like the East Fife strips for those seasons framed and and that uh, so uh, he he would um I, I'm going to stick my neck in line and say that that's a done deal for him to appear on the show. I'm not sure about buying a club, but uh, ah, we'll, we'll take a pair on the show. Can, maybe maybe uh, ambush him with that one on the show. Yeah, I, I heard a story. They both got enough money between them, surely. Yeah. <laughs> Heard a story him. that Gordon, like at his mind, they were digging one day, and it's like, is this gold? Is it platinum? And he had a look, and it was shining, and he's like, no, it's a ruby, 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 ruby. <laughs> anyway, we've had some questions come in, Kenny. You'll be pleased to know the first one that's come through is uh, from Scott Young. That says, "Do you still look out for these five results? I.e., are we your Scottish team now?" One well, no yesterday was it no? Good man, or, or yes. is that just your pre your pre show check just to be safe? Scott also says, "Look out your window; he's in uh, your garden right now." <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Sorry, what did he say? <laughs> Scott's in a bush in your garden outside right now, just watching. He's moving uh, himself. No, I, 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 I prepare for uh, for things like this, Lee. Yeah. Unlike yourself. <laughs> well done. My dad will be happy, Kenny. Well done. I just want to point out that as soon as I saw Chris saying, oh, I want Kenny to roast Lee, I took my jacket off. <laughs> Because you, you missed what I was wearing, Kenny. I'm sure you would have roasted me for it. So I thought, I'll take it off before Kenny sees it. So Yeah, it's like, it was pretty horrendous, to be honest. Anyway, back back to the, the question. The, the question. Uh, I, I think the only uh, disappointing thing for me is that East Fife is that far away. That, you know, I, I wouldn't get to uh, games like as much. I would, I would love to... Well, you know, regularly get through the games. Uh, be easier if it was like 10, 15 minutes uh, down the down the road. But I uh, always look out for the the East Fife uh, results. In fact, I get like a, a live a live feed uh, in the East Fife games through WhatsApp, like every single week. Yeah, you're welcome. But it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's like a private personal service. What more could we wish? So I know, I know. What Kenny's referring to there is he's been in our glory days of gold WhatsApp group since we did the Euros podcast, which feels like forever ago now. Um, and he still, still just stayed in there like some sort of creepy voyeur who just chipped Aye. in. <laughs> Every now and again. Yeah. But I like, I, 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 it's, it's an easy way for me to keep up to date with all the on, uh, goings on in the, in the club and uh, who we're moaning about and such like. Have you have you changed your opinion on Macedonia yet? <laughs> the dark horse, the dark horses. Yeah, what they're gonna do it one day. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, keeping an eye on time, we've got a few other questions which have come in. So the next one is Kenny. What is the funniest shout or insult you've heard coming from the stands? The funniest shout or insult. I've been asked that one a few times. Uh, I've got, I've got a few. <laughs> uh, so um, the one, one of the well, there, there's there's funny ones. There's no so funny ones. Um, the one of the funniest ones was when I was at Falkirk uh, and I was playing against Inverness Cali at the old Brockville, and uh, the ball kind of come across. And I've sclaffed this shot and like it was lucky to reach the goalkeeper. And uh, I was kind of running, running back or doing the side. And uh, one of the Falker fans shouted, Oh, Juka, the problem with you is all your brains are in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and that sounds like a, a typical from the stand shout. Uh, and uh, the, the the other one, uh, there the, there was one there was one uh, the the the, uh, the police actually came in to um, to like talk to me after an East Fife game, and uh, we we were playing Forfa in the in the Scottish Cup, and uh, down where the away fans sit, I had I was over on that side and. 
one of the uh, Forfar fans had shouted, Paul Jukar away and give yourself a effing lethal injection, right? <laughs> right, so I, I know it's hard, see, really hard. <laughs> but but a compliment because if if he if if he um he, he knows a wee bit that about my my background and, <laughs> and medicine, and he thought you were and, capable of doing it. Obviously, so. and obviously he uh, he didn't like me, so I. Take that for the opposition fans. If they didn't like me, then I must be doing something right. Uh, but so what had happened was uh, we won that game on penalties. I think I scored a last minute almost uh, equaliser and took it to penalties. And then I scored the winning penalty in the shootout. And I ran over to the Forfar fans and I gave them that. And that's when the uh, the police came in after the game and like, did you do it? I says, I did it. Uh, they um, they were somebody shouted that I should go in away and give myself a, a lethal injection, and the policeman just went, all right, and they just they just left. Like I never got in trouble or that. You should have just <laughs> said I was bit. telling them to go calf a cow. Aye, but somebody reported me the police like. Uh, East Fife Forfar game. Uh, the, 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 the funnier the, the funnier one, uh, like shout to the side was when I was like I was young. I was like nineteen. I was playing for Camelon Juniors, and it's all like the old guys and their dogs and that that come to watch these games and stuff. And you can hear everything. And uh, the uh, it was like right in front of like a a load of like the came on supporters and uh, went in for a challenge or something and, or the their guy kicked the ball out for a throw-in and the referee inexplicably gave it to the other team and that resulted in like like the came on fans shouting like like spraying out their mouths like swearing like absolutely raging about this decision that was clearly the wrong decision and it all kind of calmed down and then my dad's posh voice pipes up come on referee that defies the laws of physics <laughs> like cue everybody start laughing goodness sake Wait, we've got quite a few good uses, questions coming in uses, now. he still uses that shout actually I like that <laughs> worth recycling yeah I, I might use that in my commentary had, had a fair few ah, that's a good one, and but then you'll need to reference it to my dad. I will. I, I'm I'm not sure people watching Varsity against Unity here is going to quite get that, but well, I can try. Got to ask the question, Mike. Um, next question we've got um, was from my dad. Who is the hardest defender he came up against? And I, I'm hoping he's not meaning in his genitalia. Well, I was thinking, did you not defend against Kenny Lee? And that's what he's talking about. You just had a oh, huge erection for the whole game. <laughs> no, he was, he was too busy nutmegging me for that, unfortunately. Um, I couldn't but even that tackle him. Kenny happen. went nuts and you were like, yeah, look at them. <laughs> was that, was that, that was before, was it Doug Perry absolutely demolished me? Yes. 
He was sticking up for his wee pal who'd just been megged, was he? Something like that, I think, yeah. <laughs> the worst part about that was, and for those that haven't listened to the episode we did, was I'd played in the first half of the game up front and then they basically went, we need somebody to go back on and I was breathing out my backside and then they just announced over the tannoy that I was coming back on so I got shunted out to left back and you were up front against me and you said, I'm going to put the ball through your legs and I was like, you're arse, no you're no and literally first touch, then second touch right through my legs sent me for a hot dog, still raging but that, was, aside, that, that wasn't my forte either, obviously so that is, <laughs> that's bad form for you Lee I am horrendous, Kenny. There's, there's no two ways about that. Talking but, of Doug, though, I want to just show you this. When I was over in August, Doug gave Lee and me a bunch of his old strips. So this is the, one of the ones he gave me. Oh, like it. No, he, he doesn't like you anymore. He's just giving you... <laughs> <away>. <laughs> there you go. That's class. It's a bit so, sticky at the front. I don't know what he's been doing. <laughs> oh, it's a bit smudged. Seriously though, Kenny, could we find out who you're the best or the toughest to player that you played against? Um, uh, I would I, I would say Bobo Bobo Baldi. Uh, he, I hate. I played against him once, and I hated it. It's just like like it just like uh, you you knew he was coming. You were just waiting, <laughs> braced for impact. Aye, that that that's. What it was like, there was no, there was no like, no holding back. It was it, that that was a horrible game. Uh, but like, I, I, I normally like that. He he just he just in particular was um, I don't more athletic and to, to the guys that I was maybe used to uh, playing against. Um, plus the fact they were they were good. So you you I was feeding off. Scraps playing for Gretna at Celtic Park, and I just was getting battered by Bobo Baldi all, all game. Um, I mean, I, I, I had a lot of battles with um, a, a lot of centre halves. Um, I mean, I always came off the pitch playing against uh, Saul Bamba, uh, like the two of us probably <laughs> bruises everywhere when we came off the pitch, but I, I generally uh, seem to get the better of him. Uh, over the three or four games that we played, uh, we beat Dunfermline in the Challenge Cup final and we hammered Hibs a couple of times uh, with St Johnson, beat them 5 1 at uh, McDermott Park. But he obviously went on to much bigger and better things uh, after after Scotland. But I always, I, I, I really enjoyed like the battle there, uh, albeit you knew you were in for a in for a battle, but I there were there were guys that the guy some of the guys that were really aggressive, you, like the, the other guy that was really aggressive um, that you knew you were going to get hit all the time was Marvin Andrews, but he 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 was not when I played against him, he was not good because he, he he was he was too rash, like he, he he would miss things all the time. So you knew you were getting a chance. With Baldi, it was totally different. <laughs> like you, you, it wasn't you weren't getting, uh, you weren't getting anything. So like it, it was just like you got smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> the, during the, the game, and uh, didn't get any change out of him. But um, I had a lot of battles with, with players over Darren Dodds. I hated playing against him. 
he he just would hold on to you all the time and um like I I, I would get fouls against me and I'm like that to the ref. I, I, I'm trying to get away from him, ref. I, I'm no danger in He's holding me. I'm nobody be anywhere near him. But I don't know. He'd been around for a long time, so he got the benefit of decisions. Like you find that way. Like the longer you're in the game, you start to maybe get some decisions that you wouldn't have got as a as a youngster, I suppose. Uh, so I, I benefited for that probably as I got as I got older as well. So a few more questions and, and a good few more. So we'll, I'll try and be as quick as I can with them. Blair um, has asked, was there ever an opportunity for you to come back to Bayview later in your career? Yes, I think I've spoken about that before, but um, it was uh, it was basically when I was past it. Um, I was 30, I was coming up for 32, I was at Livingston and John Hughes came in and I didn't want to play for him. And uh, I when it was a surprise that Gary Boland had got the sack uh, actually there um, after consecutive uh, promotions and he'd offered me a new deal um, at Livingston but I had said oh, I don't know if I'm going to like retire at the end of the season so we'll talk about it at the end of the, the, the season but then he got sacked about six weeks later it's maybe because they told him he wanted to give me a new deal <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, John Hughes came in and I said I didn't want to play for him um, and uh, they were trying to get me on loan someplace like one of these emergency loans and I ended up going to Stenish Muir but he's fine they were going to think, I can't remember who the chairman at the, at the time was um, Sid Columbine. Sid Columbine. Aye, Sid Columbine. And uh, they were going to offer me stupid money for part-time. Um, and uh, I was like, uh, I, I didn't want to spoil it. I didn't want to come back. Because my heart probably wasn't in football. Then I had, like, my kids. I was working full-time and I, had, I was kind of... Uh, well, I had, reti- I had retired on my own terms for full-time and then I, d- I didn't want to sour the, the thing, especially with the type of money that they were, they were talking about as well. So I just said, I'm just going to travel and uh, and that. And I went to Stenish Weir for a, for a few months, but my, my head and my heart wasn't in it then. I, I think I was uh, a bit scunnered with Gary Boland getting sacked at the time, I think. Because I, I really enjoyed it at, uh, at Livy. And I retired in the, the summer uh, properly anyway. So I, it wouldn't have been right. I, I had already said to Gary Bowling at, at the at Christmas, saying, I'm not sure what I'm doing at the end of the, the season either. Uh, so it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been fair to the club or the fans or that if I had uh, came back to East Fife. Sorry, got sorry guys. No, that's that's like we've we've spoken about that before. Like when you come back, sometimes it's like Stevie Kirk came back to us as a legend, and then it didn't quite work out as a manager, and it's kind of soured some people's memories, and I think it soured his thoughts of the club as well. So it's sometimes it's good not to do that. Got a question from Glenn Walker who wants to know 
have you ever met Jeff Sterling? Because obviously Jeff really played a big part in get building up all people's awareness of you on Soccer Saturday. The good doctor. Uh, I, I have I've met him a couple of times. Um, he, uh, before he was big time, so like before he was like the main man for Sky, he was, um, <laughs> when I signed for uh, Northampton and went on loan, I mean, had been like, obviously, the, the Sky Sports was a thing and like he had, I'd been scoring the goals and like um, he had been saying my name all the time. But it still wasn't, a, it, it was becoming a big thing then, I think, um, the results show. And it, he he was said to like be the the guy with the experts. So he was like the guy who would be like running the show in the studio for Northampton, for Brentford v Northampton Town and League One. And a, a, on like a a Monday a Monday or a Tuesday night. So he'd hung about waiting for me to say hello. And I, I got to meet him. I got to meet him then, just brief, just briefly. And then he obviously got a bit more uh, famous. And uh, after that, maybe about a year after that, a couple of years, I was I was uh, I was working at Wishaw and I used to work through a clinic in the morning and uh, then I do some joint injections in the afternoon. And Sky had contacted me and said, Would you come and uh, help open the Sky call centre at Uddingston. I thought, oh, that, that, that's, that's, but I, uh, you and, you and Jeff, I was like, oh, that's, that, that, that would be great. I'll, I'll come on my lunch hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I finished my clinic and, but, well, no, what I said to them, I says, well, I, I will come, but I'm only coming on one condition, one condition. And he says, well, what's that? He says, well, I'm only coming if I can bring my grandma. Because obviously I had sent him a, he used to mention my grandma because I had sent him a card to say, look, uh, please, if I score again, can you give my grandma a mention? She watches you every every week. And obviously since I sent him that every single time, he would mention my grandma and Sky Sports were up interviewing my grandma and all the rest of it. And, uh, she was a bit of a legend on Sky Sports and that as well. So I says on the one condition if I can bring my grandma, and they were all over that. They were like, "Oh, that's amazing!" <laughs> uh, so me and my grandma went and met him, and then after that, until she died, she had a picture of her like meeting Jeff and me in the back room uh, in our living room, Friday place <laughs> forever. That's superb. So, ah, he was great. Man. It was he was great. He's a really he's a really good guy, and he, he was great with my grandma. And then uh, a mate of mine who is the manager of a team down in uh, Blackpool, uh, a, a team called uh, Squires Gate. And, oh yeah. Uh, aye, so my mate's the manager of them, and they had like some kind of charity night or like raising funds or whatever, and uh, he. Uh, he got Jeff today with a wee message. That was only about three months ago. Sorry, I don't know. Can you hear? Can you hear scratching? 
like a I, noise, like an yeah, appearance. I, I hear I, something, yeah. I, I, my dog, my dog's in a in a, a cage of, uh, I'll not tell you what he's doing. You can work that one out yourself. I <laughs> mine's just the same. Right. Especially when you put peanut butter on it. <laughs> Gordon tries to do it to himself. Oh, I, yeah. I, again with the peanut butter. <laughs> So, it's so, time for an, another right. couple of questions. I've yeah. just chopped him and his lover in the hallway. <laughs> Excellent. So, got a, a couple more questions, Kenny, and there's a really good one here from Neil Anderson. He said, when Kenny played with Greg McDonald, could he see that Greg would go uh, into being a manager slash become an East Fife manager? Or was there anybody else in that team that he thought could become East Fife manager one day? Um... So, so Greg was the manager at Stirling Albion and uh, he uh, he let me train with Stirling Albion while I was playing with Livingston because Livingston were full time. So I, uh, I needed uh, like to train with a different team in a different division to, and somewhere local was good. So they did me a favour and let me uh, go to go to training. We did draw them in the cup, unfortunately, and I scored a hat trick against them. But uh, I hope he's <laughs> forgave me for that. <laughs> I don't have the inside knowledge, you see. <laughs> Makes sense. But Makes sense. Uh, but no, I, like I I really enjoyed his training, and uh, and obviously we got on really well. But um, it's difficult for me because like the the experience for me is positive because like I was not under any pressure like for the coaches or anything I was just going in there to like work hard and and, uh, and, and train and obviously I wasn't there on uh, on match days but like you, you remember like Greg his time at East Fife he was always a leader right for when he came into the uh, came into the team uh, signed for us he, he was he, 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 that was just a natural thing that he that he had so like becoming a, a manager would be a kind of natural uh, a natural progression but it's like you say he's under pressure because he um, it was so positive his time at the club as a player and you've mentioned before it, it, it can be difficult to uh, to come back uh, someplace and, but credit to him I I, I, uh, I, I didn't have the balls to to do it, um, and he has. Uh, so, I, I hope, hopefully, um, he's as successful as a as a manager as what he was. Uh, well, we uh, as a player. Was there anybody else in that team that you thought might have gone on to become East Fife manager one day? East Fife manager. Well, the the thing the thing about that team really was that there was there was nobody really in that team that was like at that time had been at the club for very long. So um, we were all like, it was basically a whole new squad. There were hardly any players uh, held over really um, in, in, that, in that team. So, um, and, and a lot of us were young, were young boys. So it, it's hard to say, I think, John Ovenston went on a, a manage a few a junior teams and a, and such like he had a decent career 
Um, as a player, I'm not sure what what he's if he's still managing uh, just now. But yeah, it'd be difficult to say if anybody had like a proper tie in at that time uh, as uh, to become a manager. Greg is obviously the he he was at East Fife a long time after that, um, and I don't think it's a surprise that he became a manager. Um, I. I I would have thought maybe I, I maybe thought that Craig Farnan might have been a manager, maybe no East Fife, but um, you know uh, I may have thought that he might have became a manager, but I don't. I think he just I don't know if he was or if he did junior or whatever uh, after it. I'm not really in touch with Craig uh, anymore, um, and I, I think Big Ross Graham he he dabbled a wee bit, but I think he was more interested in uh, you know spending time with his kids' teams and stuff that, you know, he had a lot of other things on the on the go. I mean, it's it's it, it's a full-time job. Like, a, you're a part, part-time man. It's like a full-time job. Like, I take my kids' team and, like, it, it, <laughs> there's, I feel as if it takes up so much of my time and it's so stressful. Like, I couldn't imagine what it's like to be, like, a part-time manager where full-time a full-time job, like, uh, as well. Like, I, I, I think that uh, it's maybe forgotten a, a bit that, like, the, these guys are, like, working full-time jobs as well as trying to run a football club, which is a real, real difficult job. Like, I know some part-time teams have their managers as full-time, but no... Uh, some just don't have the, the kind of funds to be able to pay that kind of money that people can survive uh, and do the job full time. So um, I think it's a terribly difficult uh, thing and it's 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 not something that I, I think I could do unless I was retired. Well, once um, Gordon Gilbert buys the club, mate, you never <laughs> know how we make that happen. But time for two more questions. One from Paul Galway. What's his favourite hole at Leaving Links? Uh, that, well, the obvious one is the 18th. Like, the, uh, albeit it's like absolutely murder if it's into the wind. Uh, but no, I've I, I didn't. I've managed to play there, I think, a couple of times um, last year. So I've been wondering whether I'm going to keep the membership uh, going because like I was saying about East Fife it's, it's it's a wee bit too far away just to like nip along for a few holes you've got to commit to you know an hour there an hour back and you know the four hours in between uh, every time but I, I love the whole I love the whole course I, I, I'll tell you that I hate the sixth hole absolutely fucking hate that hole it, it, it's just it, it's gone my head like the there's out of bounds doing the doing the right, and uh, I, I can aim, I can aim doing the the fairway the other hole that's like on the left, and it still goes out of bounds. And I I, uh, I smashed somebody's car. My, my ball landed right on this guy's car. I was and uh, it cost me it cost me a hundred quid to get that fixed, man. Well, that was his excess on his insurance. Hundred well, quid. I hate that hole. I hate that one. Is, is, is play your goal celebration on YouTube before I you know. hit the sixth hole. I know. You'll be absolutely know. fine. 
Um, I think Paul, Paul said his favourite hole at leaving, leaving Links was Simone in the eighth bunker in 1984. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Inappropriate as always, Michael. Thanks very much. There was there was a there was a thing at Glen Berfey Golf Club uh, during COVID where two folk got caught in one of the bunkers. That that's a true story. It was in the paper. <laughs> Man, the sand would just go everywhere. <laughs> why? I, hope, I, know, I hope why they raked it after. Why, why choose the bunker? No, because rakes weren't allowed during COVID. Oh. <laughs> well, they removed the rakes. So. And. No, consi- no consideration. Terrible. Selfish people, Kenny. Selfish people. Last question. It's not so much a question, but we'll go with it anyways from Ross Hutchison. Said, who is the wee boy that got your boots at Steny after your last game? I was standing right next to him and hoping for a strip or some memento and got hee haw except the high five. Still hurts 20 years later. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Do you remember who you gave your boots to? Um, I think embarrassingly, it was a wee boy, Pateri. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. Stenhouse Muir away? Uh, I think it, I, I might be wrong, but I think it's a boy called James Black uh, that um, he actually is, does some stuff for Rangers. Uh, it's getting worse. I know, I know. Well, I hope he still treasures them, Kenny. Um, I, I, at least I've owned up to 20, 20 years. Well, you'll not get much for them. <laughs> Well, I can't, I can't remember. I actually can't remember giving away my boots, but I know that he was at the game. You kept your shirt, though, didn't you? Did you keep uh, your shirt? No, for, no, for the Stennis Moor. Uh, well, I've got the shirt for the for the goal, at yeah. the promotion goal. Um, okay, I've got right. that framed up at my dad's. Like I put it on my wall. Remember, like yeah. uh, behind, like as if it was on my wall, like every all the time. Yeah, for, the last po- for the last podcast, but it is up in my, my dad's. Uh, he's got a snooker table and that in the ga- upstairs yeah. in the garage, and it's on the wall, Friday place. Good man. Signed, signed by all the players except one, except the uh, Gordon Love who set up the goal. Come on, that's that's missing an important part, but he's something that we never really hear from these days. But look, Kenny, we've kept you a little bit longer than we said we were going to, so. We'll wrap up at that. Thank you so much. No, no, just before you... No, no, wait, sorry, no, we don't. Before we move on to something that's absolutely amazing, on behalf of Glory Days of Gold, thank you so much for coming on. But on behalf of these five fans everywhere, thanks for amazing memories throughout your career. And we really appreciate you coming on to talk about us. Uh, Talk to us once more. And we'll leave you on this ditty from Mike. Yeah, so have you heard of Chat GPT? It's the AI thing that you can just type in a phrase or something and an AI computer will generate a story or something for you. So I typed in uh, to, for the the artificial intelligence to come up with a love poem for Kenny Duker. <laughs> and this is genuinely what it's come up with. Nothing to do with any of us. This is a computer that's written this for you. Nah, this was Lee. No, no I swear to God, it's not me. Oh, Kenny Duker, our hearts football star, your grace on the pitch near and far, with a smile on your face and a twinkle in your eye, 
You brought joy to the fans as you played high and by. Your skills on the ball were simply divine. Your touch also oh gentle, like a summer's sunshine. And every time you scored, the crowd would roar, for they knew that with you, they'd always soar. But it's not just your talent that has captured our heart, it's the way that you play, with so much passion and art. With every step you take, and every move you make, you show the world that you truly love the game. That doesn't rhyme, I don't know where it came up with that bit. <laughs> and then the last bit, so here's to you, Kenny Duker, our love for you will last. And we'll always remember the moments from your past. For you'll forever be a part of East Fife's history. And the fans will always remember your legacy. I, I need that for the eulogy at my funeral. I'll present it, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Kenny. That was genuinely composed by That's a really computer. That was really good. I know. We did one for East Fife as well, which I'll do at the end. We did one for the podcast. They're all absolutely amazing. Right, that, that was amazing. But we'll get Michael to thank, copy and paste it and send it to you. Yeah, that'd be all. great. That'd be great. Anyway, thanks cheers very for, much for Aye, Thanks very much for having me on. Uh, it's always a privilege uh, to speak to yourselves and the East Fife fans. Uh, and I'm up for it any time in the future. Thank you. Go and Thank enjoy you. the superb aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Bye, Cheers, Kenny. See you. Bye. Bye, bye. Fantastic stuff from Kenny there. And, yeah, we kept him a bit longer than we said we were going to. Um, but we're joined now. Eugene Clark has come early. So we're going to let him on the show just now. We haven't warned him that he's going to be live as soon as we hit admit. So let's hope he's got his clothes on. Let's see what happens here. Good timing though, because that was great stuff there from Kenny. I don't have a poem for Eugene. Maybe I can quickly come up with one. We'll see. So yeah, keep the the chats and stuff coming. Um, so Eugene's going to be joining us to chat about the meeting that took place on Thursday night. The latest attempt for fans to try and become, he make East Five become a, a community-owned club finally wresting the, the powers away from the 12-year-old the owner. She's still 12. It, uh, picture Dorian Gray. She's just never moved on. But yeah, Eugene is going to give us a little bit of background to it. And Lee, you were at the meeting. So yep. you and Eugene can have a lot of chat. So welcome to Eugene. You're live on the show immediately. Great to see you're dressed. But of course, but of course. <laughs> I, I'm just out of bed, of course. So actually, so was I just before the show started, but I've got good reason to because we're way behind here. But yeah, thank you for joining us. We've just finished with Kenny. Kenny Duker overran a little bit, so it was perfect timing that that you've just joined us. So yes, I'll sir. I'll let I'll let Lee do a lot of the chatting in this because he was obviously at the meeting. Yep, that's fine. So welcome, Eugene. Episode one hundred of Glory Days of Gold. We couldn't think of a a better guest, to be honest. Oh. Um, I said that to Kenny as well. I'm just trying to flatter everybody, but I thought it would be the perfect opportunity, perhaps, for people who weren't at the meeting to to try and find out a little bit about it. And obviously, I heard some of the the really good questions that were asked and some of the not so good ones. So we'll try and keep it super relevant. So if you weren't there, um, what can you tell the East Fife fans just now about the potential offer that we've got to buy the club and what's changed from the last time? Hi, okay. 
Well, very, very simply, this is about taking our local football club out of the hands of a single investor who has no interest in it and putting it in the hands of the people who care about the club. So that, that's the basic aim. That was the aim behind setting up the Supporters Trust 20-odd years ago, um, and it's still our aim now. Um, we did have an attempt to do so a few years back. It failed largely because we couldn't raise enough money. At that time, what we did was we, we got fantastic support from lots and lots of people who were willing to pledge money to buy, to raise money to buy, to buy the shares that we need to get. Unfortunately, the valuation of the financial association that were going to lend us the, the money fell far short of the valuation of the person selling the shares. Um, and so things kind of dwindled away for a while. You know, there didn't seem to be much way of, of bridging the gap. But there's three things that have changed since then. And this is why this particular uh, attempt is absolutely crucial. And I think is probably the only good chance we're going to have for quite some time. So what's changed? The first thing is that there is a Scottish government scheme to make money available to fans to help them to become more involved in their club. Now, the background to that, and by the way, do shut me up if you think I'm dribbling on too much and no, asking no, somebody please. else. I, I think this the, is pertinent, so yeah. Okay, right. Now, the background to that, uh, any of us remember going to Dublin on a nice frosty day and then being told to bugger off five minutes before the game was due to start because of sheer incompetence on the part of the football authorities. Yes, all hands up. I love it. Right. I was annoyed about that, as many hundreds of people were. And I got together with a chap called Paul Goodwin, whom I've known for many years and supporters direct, first of all. He, Paul is now the founder and major runner of an organisation called the Scottish Football Supporters Association. Anyway, Paul and I, we were trying to get the football authorities to take responsibility for that and to set up a fund to compensate our fans who had gone across and whose time and money had been wasted because of sheer incompetence. Um, we, we failed, but the conversation started and they continued. And what now, the, the, by the way, I should stress, the idea of getting composition now is it's not going to happen, right? <laughs> but what, what it did lead to was an, a genuine understanding that, wait a minute, when you look at Scottish football, you see that the people who are not even bottom of the, of the list, but they're not quite on the sheet of paper yet, are the fans. You know, everyone's interests, uh, sponsors, advertisers, the club owners, etc., etc. all these guys have a say and they're listened to, but fans aren't. So we pushed the case that this should change and progress is slow, as you can understand. It's, it is Scottish football we're talking about after all. But eventually, the Scottish government agreed to set up a fund. It's got a posh name that I can't remember, right? We'll call it the Fans Fund, um, uh, which was to help football. Now, just at that point, along comes COVID. The one and a half million pounds that had been allocated for this fund was dispersed in different ways. And you'll, I'm sure you all know that the clubs got helped in various ways. The Premier League clubs got uh, 
interest, well, I don't, well, low cost or interest free loans. The rest of the, the Scottish Football Club's got, got, got grants to help them survive. So that was that. However, that fund's still there. And we, or more precisely Paul, he was much more involved than I was, were, were looking at how it could be used to help supporters do what we're trying to do, namely buy the club. The shortened version is that East Fife end up being one of the case studies that they want to try out. So we have been given uh, a very strong signal that we will have a substantial amount of money lent to us. Can I make it clear? It's not a grant, right? But lent to us um, in order to help us buy out the major shareholding. Now, for, for guys who are guys and girls who aren't familiar with the shareholding set up at East Fife. The majority shareholding, 52% of the £200,000 shares, are owned by a company called Bayview Fife. Bayview Fife. Right. Fife. Um, that company is owned by a single shareholder, a Miss Lorraine Twig. And... Um, that, that essentially controls the club. However, she is, uh, takes advice and is guided by a gentleman called Mr. Neil Rankin. Okay. And he calls the shots, basically. He is quite open about it. I was speaking to him very recently again, and he's, quite, he's not interested in the football club, right? He wants to get his money back, somehow or other. He bought the shares the the majority shares uh, from uh, Julian Danskin when he was uh, he was uh, chair of the club and has held them ever since. The current board uh, are in place because that suits Mr. Rankin. Um, and I, I just want, by the way, to place on record. I know this may not be a popular view, but I think that Jim Stephen and his colleagues, Stevenson and his colleagues, have done a fantastic job in keeping the club going and keeping it afloat in incredibly difficult circumstances. Um, that may not be a popular view, but it's what I happen to believe. It doesn't mean to say I don't think it should change, but I do think they've done a good job. Mr Rankin makes it quite clear that if somebody else comes along, with the money, they'll get rid of the board and he'll sell his shares. He's, he doesn't have a problem with that. So where does this leave us? Well, basically, there's two stages. If we can accept using the, the money that we hope we're going to get from Scottish government, if we can add to that, which we will, we will have to, because I'm pretty sure that what has been offered isn't going to be quite enough to do the entire deal, then we will be able to take control of the club. That means buying East Fife Football Club as a, as, a, as a limited company. And that would include, we think at the moment, that would include the ground, um, the, the, the stadium and a 30-metre perimeter uh, around it. Okay. There's other things to, and this is one of the things that needs to get sorted out, you know, exactly what is for sale and what's not for sale. And if the other bits, for example, the rest of the land is around for sale, then what's, what does that involve and, and so on and so forth. I don't think we need to get all that settled on a winner. Okay, so that's the first thing that's changed. We've got 
the strong possibility, we haven't got the money yet, so I'm, I'm not going to say we've got it, but we've got a strong possibility of getting substantial funding from lent to us by the Scottish Government at very fav favourable rates. The second thing that's changed um, is that in conversations with Mr Rankin and myself and Paul Goodman, he is much more amenable to, be, to doing a deal than he was in the past. Okay, now, any business deal, you know, you don't know how it's going to be until it's happened. So, and that's why, and I know people get frustrated, but that's why it's very difficult to give any actual details of what's going on. Now, I hope people can understand that. You know, you don't tell the person you're trying, whose business you're trying to build, how much money you've got, for example. You know, you just don't do that. It doesn't work. Um, but is it, it, a bit more flexible, we think, than they had been in the past. In the past, they wanted all the money up front. They may not do so now. So that gives us confidence that a deal will can be reached. But and the third thing, and I think to be personal, this is actually one of the key things. The whole landscape has changed as far as community ownership is concerned. If we go back a few years, community-owned clubs, it was a, it was it was lunacy. You know, it's a bit like the argument sometimes people use in a different context. You're too wee and stupid to run it yourself. That's what people think about football fans. Um, and when you look at some of the bizarre business decisions taken by our leading clubs over the years, you wonder, for God's sake, how did they actually come to that conclusion? You know, football fans are intelligent people. Football fans have uh, skills and experience that they can bring to bear. They run businesses anyway. Why would they not run a football club, you know? So that has shown itself in the fantastic growth of even in Scotland, you've got three premier clubs ruled, uh, run by fans. You've got several other, I think it's 13 altogether throughout the Scottish Senior League, owned and run by their fans. It is now seen as a doable option. Now, and that's part, I think, of a trend. And it's a funny wee thing because it's maybe one of the, or possibly the only good thing to have come out of COVID. If you look at the fantastic number of community organisations that have sprung up or have further developed as a result of the, the, the COVID uh, uh, illness. Um, and in Leavenworth, you know, you, you've got things like the Men's Shed, you've got the uh, Fighters for the Community, you've got the East Five Community Club. Now, they didn't all start or continue because of COVID, but they have really demonstrated how communities can come together and I think that that movement, not just around about around leaving and methyl, but that movement movement generally in Scotland, is something that we're seeing and something that makes people say, "Wait a minute, you know, see all these stupid wee folk in Scotland." Well, yes, they can run the things that are important to them. They can run their football clubs, for example, and make it a much more cohesive sort of thing. Because to me and this may sound a bit fanciful, but to me, my local club is what is one of the few things that we have that says, hey, this is a community. You know, if you go back 50 years, um, some of you are more able to do that than, than the rest of us on this call, of course. But if you go back, you go, you go back several years, and you think, what, what defined a community? You know, it was things like maybe 
it was all the same kind of job, so everybody worked in the pits or at the docks or whatever like that, you know. Um, or it was things like the, everyone went to the same church and everyone went to the same school. And a lot of that has disappeared. And I genuinely believe that one of the things that can hold a community like ours better together is its football club. But not if it's run by someone who doesn't care about it. And when you look at what's happening in our area at the moment, uh, well, it's about to happen. Well, it is happening, and it will be even better. Two, three years' time, Leavenworth will be unrecognisable. Or the railway line will have the fantastic facilities developed by the the River Leaven project. We'll have all this uh, active travel paths and cycleways. We'll have a redevelopment of the prom. There's a lot going to happen, and it looks crap at the moment. I completely accept that. But that will change. And I want the football club to be at the centre of that. I also genuinely believe that as a business, and this is how we much must approach this, as a business, East Fife Football Club will be successful because there are so many uh, revenue areas, there are so many kinds of activity that haven't been happening at the club for a range of reasons. And I'm not going to point figures to folk, right, because it gets you, that's looking backwards. I don't do that, right? But there's a fantastic potential there. For a club, and who knows, it might even lead us to uh, greater success in the football field. You know, uh, it can't be much worse. Oh, I don't know. We won. We won yesterday. Mind you, you tell me. You tell me. A guy, a game, mind you. But uh, listen, guys, I remember, and I'm not sure how many years ago. I remember standing in the bay, in the bar at Bayview, talking to, and some of you guys were probably there, talking to uh, an open audience before a match, and it was, it was crammed. And I remember standing up and saying, "Look, you know, all these clubs." that we all know now, all the big clubs, they all started as community clubs, Barcelona, etc. They started with a few guys together who wanted to have a football club. I got laughed at, which I am frequently, I hasten to add. I got laughed at when I spent six years persuading football to get a railway line up, and hey, we did, you know? So that that's an understandable um, reaction, perhaps. But I am to think it's true. We can, we can do these things. There's no reason we can't. So this fantastic combination of three aspects changing, I think, is going to give us the opportunity. There's a stack of work to get done, to be done to it. I mean, I've, I've probably spent about, not, not looking for tears or something like that, I've probably spent several hours today starting about with people's names and sending messages and all this sort of stuff, you know? And we're going to need a lot of help. But you know what? From that meeting on Thursday, um, we had about just 70-odd folk attended. We had um, 61 um, forms returned. And and the 61 forms returned, we've had almost 50 offers of help in all sorts of different ways, right? And that's just the start. That was one wee meeting in one wee room. So I think if we work hard, if people embrace this idea, if we stop laughing at it, if we stop thinking we can't do it, if we stop worrying about or oh, whatever, and we actually get on with making it happen, I think it can. If somebody could dub the Braveheart music and stick it in behind that absolutely excellent rallying speech from, from Eugene there, I would really appreciate it. No, we'll get taken down off Spotify again. Yeah, I know we've we've had that incident recently. So maybe bad, not. Oh dear. Yeah. We'll blame Michael. But Eugene, 
surmised perfectly, and I think that there was a, a, obviously a lot of contrasting opinions, etc., in, in the room. And I think that this forum is, will hopefully help um, people yep. that maybe didn't understand or, or get the message on Thursday. Um, I went into it and I said it on last week's show almost defiantly, like I just don't understand how it could work. And then sat at that meeting on Thursday, like, what the hell can I do to make this happen? Um, I think that, uh, like like you, I, I think that we've got probably the opportunity in a lifetime, and I could say this, and I know you can't, but getting that parasite out of our club once and for all. Um, and I would urge all fans, and I'm sure that after listening to, to you there, Eugene, I'll, I'll all be saying the same, and some of the, the things that are coming through already are, or what can they, they do to help? And, and you know, what if you could speak to the, the, the fans just now, what what is it you need from us to, to make this happen? Well, first of all, just g- give us a few days to get organised because we're basically, what we're trying to do is to buy a business and we're doing it via the supporters, well, sorry, we have to get the approval of the supporters' trust, but uh, I don't think that'll be a problem. Uh, we're doing it via there because we need some sort of legal vehicle to, you know, to actually start the bid off and and, and get the proper legal setup sorted out. That's sort of so we need a wee bit of time to do that. But this, first of all, spreading the word, encouraging people to think it's possible, telling everybody you know about it. And seeing if you can do wee bits. Sometimes just giving support is enough to give to help a program. When when we were when myself and, and all the others involved in the real campaign, we you know, we had big bit we had good bits, we had bad bits. And at the bad bits, what kept us going was just folks saying, How's it going? You know, there, there was that. And there was people coming in. I think my priority some of my priorities would be to particularly to get the local business community on site. They've had a really crap time with it, so I'm not talking about asking them for money, but although I'm sure we will at some point. <laughs> um, but just you know, getting them to say, yes, we believe this can happen, because that's what makes the difference. People, it's that you come to a crucial point when suddenly for, oh, think, oh, gosh, it can happen. That thing that, thing that I thought was a daft idea two or three years ago, well, it can happen. So, believing and helping other to believe others to believe in it is probably a key thing. But there will be all sorts of practical things. We need a lot of people. Everyone's got. I've always I've lived my life believing that everyone has skills and potentials that they don't know they have, or if they do know they have them, they don't. They're they're frightened to use them, and that's what we want to take advantage of. Our community in Leaven has absolutely all the knowledge and skills we need to make this successful. We need to get folk believing in it and then being being available to do things. I mean, as a wee example, uh, I sent a, a, an email today to most people, apart from the ones where I typed email address wrongly, so I apologise for that, but we're sorting out. Um, and I said, by the way, I could do with a bit of help with the admin. I had a response within three minutes. Someone saying, "Yeah, okay, give us a shout. We'll sort it out." And that's that's the sort of sort of thing we need need to get up. We need folk chatting doors, and I mean that literally. 
And of course, not just actually leave my itself. It's surprising the no- number of our supporters who come from a little bit further out, you know, Glenrothes and not so many Kirkcaldy, but they probably can't work out how to get the bus or something like that, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, we've got we've got that. So that that's what I'd be looking for. It, it's a support, and and let's try not to be too negative negative about it. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a great Scottish tradition of saying no, you can't. Um, and we need to get to go for it, and we will do. I think I think we will do. And if we don't, we shall die trying, Japs. We shall die trying. Alba Gubrath. I've got a, just before we get to some of the, the chat questions, Lee. I've just got a, a couple of things for you, Eugene. Ah. Uh-huh. Just that, that's kind of. I've been thinking about this since the meeting. So, I mean, you talked there about the good response from the people that have been at the meeting. Yeah. What's the response been like from other outside of it? Have you had other people contact you going, oh, we've just heard about this, or we love this idea? Have you had, like, local businessmen get in touch without obviously naming names and saying, yeah, tell us more, we're interested in this? Not as yet, to be honest, not as yet. I mean, I've had calls from people that I know and messages saying, oh, well done, and you know, the sort of local authority people and councillors and stuff, you know, say, yeah, go for it, this sort of stuff. But no, it's a wee bit, a wee bit early for that. You yeah, know, but that, that'll, give, give us a week or two, that'll change, I'm quite sure, uh, Michael. The, the big kind of reservation I had when we talked about this last week before the meeting was it's great buying the club, taking it back, having it owned by the fans, by the community. That's what we've, we've wanted I mean, if you go all the way back, when you and me first walked into Bayview to speak to Derek Brown. Remember that. I can't even remember how many years ago that was now. And then... I had hair. Yeah, so did I. I think I had some. The, I mean, the trust was it probably never reached what we had hoped it was going to at the time. But now we've got a chance to do this. Mm. But buying the club is just step one of this. What would then be needed to make it a viable effort? Would you be needing fans to be paying regular monthly contributions? Because where does the income come from to to then give us the income to take this club up the leagues and to the next level that we've seen elsewhere in like non-leagues, the likes of Darville, Kelty coming through, they've had benefactors, they've had someone bankrolling them. Would we have the capital to not just buy the club, but to run it? That's a very good question. When I was trying to do a, a sort of risk analysis on this whole idea a couple of weeks back when when we, we thought it might be able to take off, the top risk factor is the lack of people to take it forward after we've bought it. Right? I genuinely think the buying of it, it sh- shouldn't be too difficult. I think we'll, we'll be able to borrow the money and we'll be able to show that we can repay that money. But as you correctly say, that's one thing. What about actually running the club? Now, the income from that, well, first of all, it's a normal income that a club would have, right? So you're still getting your season tickets and all the rest of it. I I understand we have two fine, young, strapping commercial people who are very good at squeezing money out of folk. Um, I've already alluded to the, the, the kind of, the, in general terms, to the, the commercial opportunities that are, that are as yet unexploited, and they are, I think, considerable. You know, um, so I think that would that would work as well. But there always has to be honesty, and honesty. And as Paul Goodwin pointed out in Thursday night, he he was behind the first 
buyout, and that was of Stirling Albion. And the first thing he had to do was, in his first address to the fans, that were, was more or less to say, look, guys, we could get relegated this year because of the financial situation. And you just we just have to be open about that. Community ownership of the club, excuse me, community ownership of the club is not going to be any guarantee of immediate football success. And like any other business, the, the priority has to be sorting the finances out and keeping our head above the water. So it's not going to be a quick fix. I, as I've indicated, think that, that there is the potential to make it a successful business. Where is the money coming from? As I said, the normal sources of income, plus the ones that perhaps haven't been exploited yet. I don't know because I haven't, we haven't spoken to anybody deliberately about it, but I think we'll be able to access funds that perhaps the club can't at the moment. So I, I should explain that when we buy the shares, we then got ourselves a limited company, private limited company, which doesn't attract any sort of public funding or voluntary funding because it's a private company. It's got shareholders. You know, you don't give shareholders money from the public. public. Well, the Tory party do, but we don't talk about that. Um, so what we do is we can change, we'll change that to some other form, um, a community interest company of some sort. I, you know, the details, I'm not saying they do matter, but it at this stage, it doesn't really matter what, what particular format. And that then would spark off eligibility for a lot of support that we can't get at the moment. So the, I, I genuinely that that, that, that could that could lead, lead to stuff. Um, and there's various other forms of business development. We're a business, right? So we're eligible for business support. That sounds a bit vague and, oh, he's looking for somebody else to pay it. Not, well, it's true, of course, there's some money there, we'll take it. But I, 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 I don't, I think it'll be a, a difficult, difficult thing to do. As I say, the real difficulty we're having the right people in to, to run the business. And one of the very pleasing things that came out of Thursday night is that we asked um, uh, one of people, one of the things people were asked to do was then, would you be interested in in becoming a, a future board member? Should we be successful? And got a very positive response. We've got nine so far, and that's just from a group. Now we will have to work out right. What do we do with these people? And how do we work this? And we'll be hearing about that quite soon, I hope. But if we get the right things together, the right people, and it doesn't have to be football supporters. And that's the thing, you know. It has to be people who can run an organisation, run a business. And contribute to that. And you need that business savvy. Yeah, exactly. And there are people out there who will come forward, and I know they are, and I've got a couple in mind already, and um, that, that will be approaching. And again, that's what everyone could do. You know, think who do you who do you know that you think could run a good a good business, and would be willing to do something for the community. That's the kind of question, rather than who do you know who likes these spice. You know, that's uh, that's a that's a different angle. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, perfect. I, we've, we've got quite a few in the chat. We don't want to keep you too long. We also don't want this show to go too much more than two hours, which we're heading towards just now. So Lee will rattle through some questions in the chat. Okay. What's your favourite biscuit? <laughs> I'm on a diet. <laughs> so, but okay. if you happen to want to know, it's those, um, what's those wee toffee ones? Do you call them millionaire biscuity things? Oh, the caramel shortbread style. Thing. That sort of stuff, yeah. yeah. Eat it by a ton. 
What's, your favorite, good, what's your favorite jam? Jam. <laughs> we just get all our get all our sections out of the way in this one. Uh, I, I don't like jam. I like marmalade. I like marmalade. Ah. What's your jam. favorite jam? <laughs> yep. Here we go. Um, we'll go to more serious questions and an excellent one here from Barry Hancock. Eugene, you said that the meeting, the valuation would be put in the club. Who makes this valuation? And where do we go if Rankin wants a figure way above the valuation? Simple question to answer. The valuation is made by an agreement between the seller and the purchaser. It's like anything else. If the valuation is too high, well, we don't do it. That's, cool. that's simple as that. You know. Awesome. Um has there, has there been any respond, uh, response from the current board and do they back it? Um, no one, I don't know. That's what I thought the answer would be. Um, Eugene, are you saying that you could change the club as an entity from a limited company and how does this affect existing shareholders? Good question again. Okay, um, it could be done in a number of ways. Um, Stennis Muir Football Club, by the way, Stennis Muir is one of the leading football authorities in Scotland, and it was where I was born and brought up. No coincidence between the two, of course. But with Stennis Muir Club, they turned themselves into a community company, and what happened was that the shareholders simply said, OK, we'll do it, right? Because if you think about it, we're not talking about Man City or Man United or your Celtic and Rangers where the shares are actually worth anything. You know, so it's a question of getting uh, the agreement of the majority of the shareholders to, to take that step. In fact, it would be, I think, 75%, if I, if I remember correctly. And you just simply say, we're no longer a, a private company. We are now a community interest company. There's another route to it. it it will be the assuming things go to plan when at once the supporters trust members have given the okay for this. Um, that the supporters trust simply have East Fife as one of their assets and can therefore run it the way they want. You know, so there's, there's two, there's probably one or two other ways. We could turn it into a, what's called a SCIO, Scottish Charitable and Cooperated Organisation, which is half charity, half company. So there's, there's a number of options. Other organisations have done the same thing. It's not, it's not a unique thing. It's not going to be an experimental thing. Um, the key part of it, though, um, if, I, if I can I maybe dispel this out, because I think sometimes folk don't, don't get this. The key part of it is that if you're a member of the company that buys it, if it's a community interest or any other things I've mentioned, then that means it doesn't matter how much money you've contributed, you've got one vote. Okay? In contrast... With a private limited company, the guy who's put most money in it with most shares gets to call the shots. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, that's one of the key bits because instead of one person determining this, you've got a democratic way of, of doing it. And that comes down to appointing the board. I was asked on Thursday night, a couple of people, you know, what about the existing board members? You know, they've, they've been good guys. Would you just throw them out? Well, of course I wouldn't just throw them out. But what would happen? You would have your annual general meeting and I reckon it would fall into all those attending. Some would say, yeah, these have been really good guys, done a fantastic job, but would want to change. Or some would say, these have been really good guys, have done a fantastic job, we want them to stay. And whoever had most votes would 
that you know that would determine the outcome. So um, the actual format of 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 moving from a limited company to to some other form is it's relatively straightforward to be honest. So, like if we bought Rankin shares and we had the uh-huh. majority of the ownership. Mm-hmm. And then the second and third highest share owner said, we don't want this. We don't agree with this. Tough. We've got the majority. Yeah, so they, there's nothing they can do, but they could obviously say, do you want to buy our shares? But we don't have to because... That's correct. Yeah, That's okay. Correct. That's correct. There's That's no correct. point just throwing too much money away if you don't need to because you need that money to run the club. No. What, what, what I mean, just on that point, I mean, don't want to get tied down too much in legalities here, but um, yeah, with 52% rough, well, just fraction under 52% of the shares would give us control of everything to do with running the club. If we wanted to change the format of it, then we, uh, uh, then we, I think, I must double check this, but I think we need to get 75%. So yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. So to do that, it would be very helpful to get the agreement of the of the other the, the second biggest shareholder because that would that would take it take us up to that um and that that's one of these things we'll just have to get sorted out as as, as time go, time goes on but um it, but it wouldn't stop us with the majority shareholding running the club the way we want basically so what do the next couple of weeks months look like then is there is there well, anything is there any way that people can get in touch with you right now where would be the best if they want to right. say they want help or or whatever? right Okay, at the, the moment, the only communication thing we've got open is an email address. It's neweffc at gmail.com. Okay, it's monitored by myself and Alan, uh, Alan Duffy and Ian Lawson. Um, but we'll, that'll be developed. We'll get people in that have already offered to help out with the social media site. So we'll, we'll be getting that developed. But if you just want to express an interest, drop a line to neweff fc at gmail.com and give us a wee bit of time to get things sorted out as i say it's it's there's quite a lot to do um what i'm working on at the moment is arranging all the people who like, said that they want to help out i've got them sorted out in the groups and um, we'll be getting to i'll be getting in touch with them in the next few days working out how we how, how we're going to work it so a wee, bit, a wee bit of patience. I mean, we've waited 120 yeah. years for this, you know. Oh, yeah, um, I mean, we've waited this long for this as well. It's been <laughs> yeah. like 14, 15 years we've been trying yeah. to, to do, get stuff going, so we can we can surely wait a little bit longer. Any more Indeed. questions from the chat, Lee? That pretty much... There's been a couple. Um, so the there's one of the questions that we've asked, would there be any benefit in getting the local authority involved? I have to be careful here in answering that. Um, I'm, the Fife Council are a wonderful group of people and have a lots of bits of uh, them can help organisations. I'm quite sure that should we get this sorted out, we'd be able to take access of that. Excellent. Um, there's a few other questions um, that have come in, but I'm very, very conscious of time. I think those are the main ones which I, I okay. probably feel that can that can tackle that. But, but more than anything, Eugene, thanks so much. I know how much work you've put into this not just in this time round but in, in previous iterations of of this movement as well really appreciate it and if we manage to get this off the ground we'll put your statue outside of the uh, bayview alongside paul mcmanus's one once we've raised the money to do so so absolutely 
I mean, if you, so if you can get elected as a Liberal Democrat, I mean, I think you can get anything done. I'm making actually no comment, but I think you're probably right. Ladies <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. gentlemen, listeners, thank you so much to ICG and Clark. And yes. make sure that you back this bid with everything you can. And if there's anything you can do to help, the, the, the email address that Eugene's mentioned, um, please get in contact. That's great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the chance to tell them. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Eugene Clark for jumping on and explaining all that. So, neweffc at gmail.com is the email address. Obviously, all of us at Glory is a Gold, very supportive of the this bed and anything that we can do as a podcast as well. Eugene, just let us know and we will get everything done. That's pretty much it for the show. We've got no more guests jumping on. What we will quickly do, though, is a quick wrap-up of the game yesterday. It was a 1-0 win. I watched the highlights. Scored early. Great, well-taken goal by Ryan Schiavone. Hopefully, we're going to see the Ryan Schiavone that we saw earlier in the season after those injuries coming back to a bit of form. What I loved about the finish was, as he had that angle the keeper's thinking he's either going to try and hit it through my legs or he's going to hit it to my left but instead he went to the right and i just thought that showed the football iq of the guy to have a finish like that it was a fairly the composure composure particularly for so early in the game like you i didn't actually see the quality of the finish until i watched it again the highlights and that was outstanding but not so much just the goal from Shivoni, but the, the actual setup from, from Ferguson. Oh, to, yeah, that was a through to, ball to, to love. Again, the, the, the through ball was beautiful, but we're actually missing the, the fact that he had to win that ball. He beats two or three men with quick feet before he can even get himself into that position. And it just for me, it, it, it sort of begs the question where that Ferguson's been since probably Bonnie Rigg. And I wonder if it's because he's maybe not playing in the position he would like to, because I think that's where Alan Troughton's playing. Mm, possibly. I mean, the, the game from watching the highlights, uh, Gordon wasn't able to get through, you, you were at it, Lee, but it, it seemed a fairly even game, and we did kind of live a little bit on the edge at times. Alan Fleming had a couple of flaps, and quite uncharacteristic of him, but... I think the the good aspect of it is we held firm defensively. We dealt with any kind of scares and we cleared the ball. We had some other chances of our own to score, including obviously that stoppage time penalty. But, I mean, overall, it it wasn't a commanding victory, but it was a well-deserved and, a, I think, a solid victory. Yeah, I think good teams can win ugly, Mike. Mm. Um, and it's not something that we've really done this season. Um um, this might sound a bit like an oxymoron, but we weren't good, but we deserved to win. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, Aaron Steele, I, I touched on it earlier when we were just kicking the show up, Aaron Steele was excellent against Riley yesterday. So much so they switched him aside, but then Liam Newton gave him a doing as well, so they switched him back. If you can keep players like Charlie Riley quiet, then you know, you, you know you've set up your team right. And I actually was watching Sam Denham, Aidan Quinn, and in fact, Liam Newton as well, all of them were excellent yesterday. And I just wonder if Denham and Quinn are going to start building up a really good relationship. Because what I have wondered when we had Steele and Denham is if they were both so similar, 
that they almost cancelled each other out because both of them like to get the ball and run with it, etc. Where Quinn, honestly, I think he wins headers in his sleep. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if at like three in the morning he gets up and just fresh airs a header just because that's all he did yesterday. Um, but I think we, we deserved, deserved the win. It wasn't sexy, but you know, you went out, you got the goal. I kind of felt like, again, we, we really lack that creativity. I still think that we missed that, but, but Ferguson just showed that spark yesterday that he can make it happen. Um, I think Jack Healy had one of his quieter games yesterday, but I think the boy Denham looks like he could be a really good sign-in. Just again, we talk about that football intelligence. I've seen him a few times yesterday. He picks up the ball and he goes and he wins us the corner. I mean, we must have had uh, 10 corners more yesterday because just that little bit of intelligence, instead of maybe risking putting in a corner when you've got a, a cross, when you've got a man in front of you and it might go somewhere, actually just being smart enough to kick the ball off the boy's shins, getting the corner and then getting everybody in for it. So I think that definitely we've got a little bit of potential with the denim, but we still we're still crying out for a striker. And although Ryan Shavoni did well to to get his goal yesterday, he needs help because what I've observed and we've done it all season is we play a long ball, and it's great. You get the flick on, but you need somebody going in behind them. And 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 Shepard was good at it. Shivoni's good at it as well, getting that flick on, but you've got to have that that bit of support as well. I mean, Gordon, not sexy, got the job done. That's Rachel's Yelp review of Lee. Mm. But I, I, I must-win game, really, when you look at the table, and they, they got those points. It's given us that little bit of breathing space, but we still can't rest on our laurels too much. We're still in one hell of a dogfight. No, I think it definitely... You know, it was a big game. We knew it was a big game beforehand, but I think the way the results went elsewhere, you're like, oh, in hindsight, that was a must win. I mean, anything other than a win, and I think the table's looking pretty scary. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you feel like, okay, we're still seven points to the bottom, but now we've pushed a few teams. Yeah, three from third. It's like insane. Yeah. It's like having sometimes having that number of teams below you is so important because they can't yeah. all go to run. You know, yeah. Bonnie Rigg going a wee run, Albinovers might be shite, Stranar might be shite, that's fine. And, you know, we, we still are closer to fourth than we are to tenth, which mm-hmm. is mental. Um, but I think, you know, we did, I think especially when you're on a poor run, you just, what you want is just a jobs done performance. Like, the rest of it is for almost another time. You just want to be solid, hard to beat, take your chances, do enough to win and win. That's yeah. for now. That's perfect. And and unbeaten in two now as well gives them that little bit of confidence, and they they've stopped the the rot. Right now, when you look at the table, if I'm a Stranraer fan, I think I'm the most worried. I mean, their, their form's terrible. We were talking about our form being bad, but I, I had to be check, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're right at the bottom of the form table. Yeah, like they turned the us over a few weeks ago. They absolutely turned us over at BU. But that is the only points they've got in their last six games. Um, They're one of those teams as well that you feel they drop out of the league, they are not coming back because of what league they're going to end up going into. Well, they'll struggle because how how are you going to attract players down there? I mean, they already struggle, but yeah. No, I think there's a few teams now. Like you're looking at Bonnie Reg, you know, Albion over down there, Stranraer are really struggling. I mean, that, that game. 
against us aside, they've been terrible. Um, so there's a few teams down there that hopefully you can just keep them down there, get a wee bit further ahead of them and stop worrying about it too much. But We'll see. Lee, do you want to do a quick 3-2-1 for yesterday? Yes. Um, I've given three points to Alex Ferguson. Um, more so because it's just more from what I want to see from East Fife, just try to get on the ascendancy, picking the ball up and, and trying to break forward from it. Two points I've given to, to Aaron Steele, who I thought was excellent, and I've given one point to, to Sam Denham. Um, just because I thought that the, those guys were great, but equally, you know, commiserations to Shivoni, who I thought had a good game. Liam Newton had a good game. Um, Aidan Denham had a good game. So it, it could have been any of them. One thing I do want to say though is, is I felt so sorry for Scott Shepherd yesterday. Mm. I felt so so sorry for him because he just looks to me a player that has got no confidence at all. And this is going to sound bad, but see when he stepped up yesterday. He took the ball off Ferguson and I, I just, I kind of closed my eyes. I was like, I don't know if he's got the confidence for this just now. He didn't hit it with a lot of confidence. I mean, that's a perfect height for a keeper to he, get he over. He stuck it into the, the, the dream keeper position. Yeah. You know, you just right, you saved it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, we'd literally just taken Trouton off, like... Shocker. Um, oh, and but... let, let's just say about that, thank heavens Conor McManus is back fit again. After yeah. 16 months out, it's like yeah. lovely to see him back on the pitch and making a contribution as well in the limited time he had on there. Yeah, I mean, he just looks like he's going to add that maybe bit of physicality that we lack in the middle of the pack, and it's not a, a, a slight on Pat or it's not a slight on um, Keane Miller, but he's just he's a bigger, fuller guy bit more height about him and to be honest um, I, th I think that it's going to provide some real sort of challenge for places in that and it's, it'll be interesting to see who drops out of that because Pat's had yeah. two good games yeah it was well, great to see Pat keep his place yeah. I was delighted especially after our chat yeah. midweek with him it's, yeah certainly like when, um, when folk hear that you're going to be in no doubt at all about his commitment to this club yeah and it's it's all all you can ask for from a player yeah. at this level yeah, it was a, a really good chat and I'm, I'm sure the, the listeners will enjoy it. Um, but yeah, Conor McManus coming back was great, but you know, my, my heart kind of sank for for Shep yesterday. But the yeah. other good thing is, is is that means that when we bring Trouton off, Conor McManus can take a mean penalty as well. So we've got another penalty taker in the That's team true. if Trouton comes off the park. So look at next week's another big game, you know, with We've, we've been terrible both games against Dunbar. And, and I know that Greg said that in his chat um, after the, the game yesterday that he thought in the first game that we, we played all right um, against them. But again, we just we, we can't seem to, to create enough chances in games to put them away. So fingers crossed. I mean, we're, we're coming up to the end of February now where that loan window is going to shut. So... We're really in the last couple of weeks of uh, being able to improve our squad and I, I still think that we, we need a striker desperately between now and then. I mean, 12 games to go and Gordon, you, you look at next week, Dumbarton. I, if, if we get a point next week, I think that's a huge success for us because I, I don't see that coming. The week after away to Stranraer, now it's obviously too early to say that, oh yeah, win that and we're pretty much safe, but that one... And then the 
probably the Bonnie Rig game that's coming up on the 18th of March. Those are two games that you could, if you take six points from that, and we're back to, oh, if this, if that, etc., etc., that we've done for the last two years. But those are the two games that you feel get the points there, and we're almost not looking over our shoulder anymore, and we're just looking to see how high up the table we could maybe finish. Well, yeah, I think if, you t- if you're taking like six out of the next nine, it almost certainly would be sitting here going, you know, we're, we're a good bit away from bottom, but ahead of all these teams, it's time to start looking up again. And it it's been a mental league for that because a couple of results in your thinking playoffs or promotion, a couple of results and suddenly you're checking the Bonnie Rig score. Um, but there's no doubt if... Uh, you know, these Stranraer and Bonnera games are big and if, if we can go into them in a bit of form and win them, things will look a, a whole lot better and we'll be able to put them down kind of in a bit of the ship, which would yeah. be nice. I think that's pretty much it for the show. Um, it's been a long one. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a very entertaining one. It was great to have Kenny on. It was great to have Eugene on. Two very different interviews talking about very different things. A nod to the past, a look to to the future. And that's what we're we're all about on the podcast. And it's our it's been our hundredth episode. For me personally, I just want to thank everyone that's been with us from the start and that's just listened. Just go around you two guys for for final thoughts. Anything that's kind of caught your eye this week, amusing, wise, or or whatever. Let's start with Gordon. Um, I, I kind of I missed I missed a lot of what was going on in kind of football this week, but I did I did want to say that I'm really glad that Chat GPT um really took note of the the smile on Kenny's face and the twinkle in his eye because I think yes. it's something we forget about with all his goals that you know it's nice to see that recognised. Yeah, I'm I'm just glad the next line wasn't anything about having a packet of sweets. I was getting a little bit worried. <laughs> I thought that I was, that was the way it was going. It was, I know. Like, We've got one more poem to come to finish the show as well. Can't wait. Lee, any final thoughts from you? No, just just again, um, thanks to everyone who's been with us from the start. You know, yourself, Michael, wouldn't be possible without you all the, the time that you put um, in, into editing the show. Gordon, Doug, for their, their contribu- contributions every week. You know, the, the, the social media messages that we get on a regular basis, the emails fans stopping me at games to give me their thoughts or ask me questions, things like that. Um, it's, it's been an amazing two and a half years. Unbelievable to, to hit 100 episodes. Um, thanks to our sponsors um, who obviously help us with the, the running costs um, and probably should say thanks to the likes of my, my parents and my wife who, you know, if, if the little one's been a little bit rowdy when I'm meant to be coming on to record, um, allow me to, to, to sneak, uh, sneak away to, to come and do this. So, Thanks to everybody, um, and it's been an absolute pleasure to do it. I'm just going to finish with the last chat GPT poem. This one is about East Fife. Now, I have actually changed a couple of little bits in this, because for some reason they keep talking about how we play in blue and white stripes. So the computer's obviously not that good, but here, here is, if you type in, write a a love poem or write a poem about East Fife Football Club. This is what it came up with. Oh, East Fife, the team so bold, with players fierce and hearts of gold. Their passion shines through every match. Their love for the game, they never batch. From Methel to the fields of Leven, 
the five faithful, their support given. With banners high and voices loud, their love for their club stands so proud. The black and gold stripes, so crisp and bright, their colours worn with such delight. And on the pitch the players play with determination every day. For East Fife the battle cry, a battle hymn that never dies. And though they may lose the fight, their spirit remains ever so bright. So here's to East Fife, the team we love, their courage, their spirit sent from above. May they always play with all their might and bring glory to the black and gold. Doesn't scan at the end because it does say blue and white. But aside from that, it's not too bad. It, it shows a lot of words that end in the syllable "ite." Yeah. I'm really, really glad that it made, didn't take some certain decisions. <laughs> yes. Well, I've looked at your league position <laughs> and I'm sorry, but you're shite. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that, that you, you were kind of waiting on that one, yeah. And if not, one of us was going to interject with it. But yes, well, that was actually really good. And I think Kenny's one certainly takes top. that was the best one. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back into it and see if I can get one written about Lee Gillis. No, please don't. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I'm going to do one for all three of you for the next show. Oh, Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, thanks yeah. so much to, to, to everybody. We've we've had some some good numbers joining in today. I genuinely thought we were going to be talking to uh, like six people. Um so we've, we've definitely had some some good people come along. Thanks to all the, the comments in the chat. Um Henry and Willie, the conversation you guys had yourself was was quite something to watch. Thanks to um we've had Gordon Scott, we've had Paul Galloway, my dad, of course, because I knew he'd be there, John Tyndall, Mr. Smith himself, uh, Glenn Walker. Thanks to, to all you guys. And that, like I say, this has lasted a little bit longer than we thought it would, but we hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will be back with another episode soon. You can follow us on Twitter, Glory Days of Gold. Get in touch, glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Mon the Fife. Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once